Welcome back. We are going to talk about the Giants tying the Commanders 20-20 to in the most pivotal game of the year. And I hate ties, by the way. It is just, it's one of those things where it's like, give me a win or a loss. I think ties are just, uh, they're awful. One of the reasons I actually, you know, like baseball and basketball more sometimes is because of the no ties. But for some reason in football, we're still doing this. Like, I at least have like a a field goal competition at the end or something. I, I don't want to end games in ties, but I guess it's better than losing, which is what some people have said, and I guess they're right, but now the Giants fall to, or maybe stay neutral to 7-4-1. and one. The Commanders are 7-5-1. and one. They go into their bye, so if the Giants do lose to the Eagles, which a lot of people would expect next week, the Giants and Commanders will have the same record of 7-5-1 going into their next matchup, which is in two weeks from now. Today, though, was a very frustrating game because the Giants had so many opportunities, it felt like, to win this game. Um, whether it was the John Feliciano taunting call and whether that was the right call or not, it was just like ridiculous. Why are we even doing that? Um, and maybe he was flexing right in front of Slayton and it was meant for him, but maybe the refs didn't take it that way. I don't know. You had the situation where there was the third down play near the 40 yard line of Washington and the Giants run a read option and two guys run into each other like you can't have that as well there was the Darius Slayton drop in early overtime I think it was like one of the first plays of overtime that would have put the Giants in field goal range right away the Giants did beat themselves in a lot of ways and honestly after the Isaiah Hodgins touchdown to go up in the early third quarter, I felt very good. I'm like, you know what? The Giants had the momentum. I think they still are the better team. And I don't think either team played that well today, but I would argue the Giants were the better team out there. Maybe you disagree, but I think the Giants were the better team. But I'm not saying that either team played particularly well in this matchup. So yeah, it just it sucks to tie. I guess it is better than losing, so it is what it is. But just so many opportunities to win this game and pretty much that would have locked up a playoff spot but um, now they're at 7-4-1 and one and not 8-4, so definitely uh, sucks to see that. But as usual, we'll talk about the game and the reactions, and we'll talk about the future and then, you know, the schedule coming up, all those things. Hopefully you guys enjoy. Leave a like, and let's get into it. All right, so we'll start with the offense. Daniel Jones did get to 200 yards, so you do like to see that. It took a while, but 25 of 31, 200 yards on the nose, one touchdown, did have the lost fumble very early on. I think that was the first drive, so that was definitely not good timing. Saquon, 18 for 63 and a touchdown. I would say this is the best that Saquon has looked in probably since the Texans game, so I guess he was trending in the right direction, but still not the Saquon Barkley that we want and need if the Giants are actually going to go places this year. Uh, Daniel Jones was actually the leading rusher, 12 attempts, which is a lot. He has not ran the ball much in the past three, four games, but Jones, 12 for 71 on the ground, almost six yards a carry. Jones definitely had some big runs on third down to move the chains and, and definitely made some good plays with his legs. Darius Slayton, I guess overall, had a pretty good game. Six catches, 90 yards, and had the awful drop in overtime, as I mentioned. And, you know, if he catches that, I do think the Giants win the game. And I know some people who are very anti-Daniel Jones are going to blame him for that throw. I've seen it on Twitter already. But um, if you're an NFL receiver, you got to catch that ball. Like, I... I don't consider myself a Daniel Jones homer by any means, but that's a ball that an NFL receiver has to catch. And Darius Slayton, this is not his first drop, you know what I mean? So he has definitely had some really good moments. He caught an awesome 50-50 ball in the early second quarter. I would think that was Jones' like furthest throw of the year, by the way. 
and Slayton came down with it. But in overtime, when the Giants needed it most, and it reminded me a lot of week, what was it, week three from last year, that Thursday night game uh, against Washington, when he dropped that ball on his fingertips, which I think that was a tougher catch, by the way, than this one. This one today was easier, in my opinion. Not to say either catch was easy, but this one today that Slayton dropped, I thought was easier than the one he dropped last year on that Thursday night game. The offensive line was not very good. We saw Evan Neal come back, and he actually looks pretty good, so that's definitely one positive. We saw Nick Gates play at left guard today, John Feliciano at center, Glowinski at right guard. Speaking of Glowinski, for a guy making the money he's making, I was, I've been pretty disappointed so far. I'm going to look up his contract real quick because he definitely got a good amount of money. I think it was like three years and $30 million or something around there, but um, yeah, he got just schooled by Deron Payne today. It was not $30 million. $18.3 million over three years. That's still a pretty good contract for a guard, though. So I have been pretty disappointed with Glowinski. I feel like when he was with the Colts, he was very serviceable, a guy that's average to above average. But I feel like with the Giants, he's been below average so far. So that's definitely been a disappointment. The Giants lost time of possession, 41-28. to 28, But I do believe the broadcast said that Washington leads the NFL in time of possession, so I guess that's just the way they play. But, of course, when Washington, they had the ball so much more, they ran so many more plays, that's usually not going to help. I mean, if the Giants had a very explosive offense, it could work out, but the Giants are also a team that has to mostly put together long and, and sustained drives that hopefully end in touchdowns, and the Giants don't really do that too many times. So there was the horrible, terrible John Feliciano taunting call um, I think it's kind of a soft call. I don't know why it was called, but it was. And, you know, John Feliciano is kind of already in the bad graces of Giants fans already. So I know some people can't wait to see him leave. So um, for him to make to have that bad penalty in a uh, very crucial game, it's it's not what you want to see. So the Giants, they were up 20 to 13 at that point. There might have been like six, seven minutes, maybe even five, but it was late in the game. And that catch would have gotten them in field goal range. So, you know, of course, they could have kicked the field goal, went up 10. But the John Feliciano taunting call pushed them back 15 yards. And we know the rest. So you had the guys running into each other on that third down read option play. I believe Richie James was the culprit there running into Saquon Barkley. And it was a key play, too. It was third down. The Giants were in overtime near the Washington 40-yard line. And it's a gotta-have-it third down play. Now... Daniel Jones did what he could. He tried to run for it. He was stopped like a yard behind the line of scrimmage. And it was a third or fourth down and three, probably near like the Washington 40-yard line. And with Brian Dable, he's shown a lot of instances so far in his Giants coaching career. It's not the longest career, but he has shown instances of being aggressive and going forward on fourth down situations. When I see something like that, when a coach has a fourth and we'll call it under five and the Giants were fourth and three, so even easier, um, and you're uh, over midfield, which the Giants were, and you're in overtime and you're in a game that you really want to win, um, that decision to take the or intentionally take the um, delay of game and then punt the ball when you could have went for it and tried to get the three yards that was a coach just playing not to lose. Too many Joe Judge vibes with that. So I still love Brian Dable overall. I've loved the job he's done here, but that was one where it's like, are you playing to win the game or are you just trying not to lose the game? And if you don't trust your offense to get three yards on Washington's side of the field in overtime in the most crucial game of the year, 
says a lot. I mean, I get it. The Giants are not the most talented team. They don't have, you know, a great wide receiver on this team. They don't have a, a quarterback that's that great at extending plays and things like that. The offensive line, you can't trust them either. But it is three yards. And I just, I know the Giants offense was terrible in the second half. I have numbers about that. But um, it's one of those plays where it's like you have to go for it in that situation in my opinion I could be wrong I, I'm more of a person that I play to win the game I don't I don't it's, it's not mad and I completely get that but it's very justifiable to go for it on fourth and three on your opponent's 40 in overtime so this was from wbg84 on Twitter good follow I know the guy um but anyway so after the Giants went up in the third quarter 20 to 13 on the Isaiah Hodgins touchdown, which, by the way, is when I thought the Giants were going to win the game. The Giants offense from that point had seven drives for 69 yards and zero points. It's not as bad as the Jets getting two inches per play in the second half versus the Patriots a couple weeks back, but that's terrible. Seven drives, 69 yards. You just can't have that. You cannot expect to win in the NFL putting up numbers like that. So, yeah, I mean, they did score the Hodgins touchdown early in the third quarter. And, you know, you got to think about it. What did the offense do after that? You know, besides drop the ball and get stupid penalties and, and things like that. The offense was terrible. And, um, you know, there's already this happened last week, too. But there's already the Mike Kafka people um, on Twitter blaming Kafka. And, yeah, I mean, look, I think there's a lot to it. There's a lot of nuance to the entire situation. Is Mike Kafka sometimes not being aggressive enough and, you know, running the ball on first down or like second and long when he's not supposed to and it doesn't make any sense analytically? Yes, Mike Kafka has his own flaws, but how much of this is because of the roster and they don't trust their offensive line to hold up? They don't even trust their quarterback to make certain throws. They don't trust their wide receivers to get open on their own. It's all through the scheme. The Giants are in a tough situation right now, and I told you guys this before. Once the Giants get the talent, I will definitely be more critical about Mike Kafka. But from what we just saw the last two years from Jason Garrett compared to now, you can tell that the play calling is a lot better. It's still not where we want it to be, but just based on what we've seen in 2020 and 2021, this offense looks a whole lot better. I do think Mike Kafka is still going to be a pretty good offensive coordinator in this league. It's just he doesn't have the horses and the Giants just flat out might not trust their quarterback. And I know I might get some hate in the comments from that. But like, what have you seen so far that makes you believe the Giants trust Daniel Jones? I mean, they took deep shots today a few times, which I like to see. But you can tell from the conservative play calling, it's like what is it like there has to be a reason why you guys are not trying to push the ball downfield and as I said it's everything there's a lot of things to it but I do think there is a chance that they just don't rely on their quarterback enough to make big plays or try to extend plays and make the right decisions and that of course is a problem the game did come down to a uh, Graham Gano 58 yarder to try and win it and uh I thought maybe he would make it. I mean, 58 is not incredibly long, but I guess in uh, in MetLife, all the wind and being December, it's it's not an easy kick for sure. So Gano definitely had the accuracy, but just not the uh, you know the power. So it fell short, and then that's pretty much the game right there. Clock was at triple zeros. Now defensively, we'll talk about it. I think holding a team to 20 points in the NFL these days for especially an overtime game is pretty good. So I, I can't really blame the defense. They did have some individual plays that were horrible. I mean, we'll talk about that as well. Like that Jahan Dotson touchdown where like three guys missed tackles. That's inexcusable. But those guys were like 
Zion Gilbert and, um, you know, Nick McLeod, guys that were not supposed to be on this roster in the first place, but are now playing starter snaps. And speaking of that, I did see on Twitter that um, Rodarius Williams was liking tweets about not getting playing time today. So you have that. You have Tay Crowder going on Twitter saying to, like, free me or something like that, which, you know, Tay Crowder's been a great story, but what has Tay Crowder done to, like, earn playing time? You know what I mean? Like, I think we've seen enough from Tay Crowder to know what he is. And I was definitely a big Tay Crowder fan when the Giants drafted him. I thought there was some potential here, and he has achieved way more than most guys in his spot ever would. But to go on Twitter and be like, oh, I deserve to play or whatever, um, I don't know. I just don't get it. Like, he he got his chance earlier this year. It's not like he's been on the bench the entire year, Tay Crowder. He started for most of the games this year. And he wasn't good enough. So I, I don't know what he really expects. Not saying Micah McFadden's doing much better, but he deserves a shot at least. He is a rookie. Um, all right, so the Giants defense, Aziz Ojolari definitely made an impact in his first game back from the injury. 16% pressure rate and a key force fumble in this game. The Giants pass rush, it was good in this game. Even uh, Dexter Lawrence had a sack. I didn't write that one down, but he was in the backfield a few times. You had Kayvon Thibodeau, three pressures. He had the, uh, the unblocked sack in overtime, which I really really thought at the time might be a fumble. I was really excited, but somehow Heineke held on to that ball on his own one-yard line, so credit to him, but that was a, a key sack right there. And even Aziz Ojolari, on the play right before Washington got that fourth down play in the fourth quarter, he was unblocked, and he forced Heineke to make an inaccurate pass and forced a fourth and four, which, of course, they converted. Um, but Zion Gilbert getting the snaps over guys like uh, Rodarius Williams and whoever else is on this roster at corner at this point. But I don't know. He was getting torched at some points in overtime and even the fourth quarter. There was like a drive specifically where Zion Gilbert was getting just roasted. And, and Jahan Dotson was, um, you know, he had that touchdown against him and, and Zion missed the tackle. Nick McLeod missed the tackle. And that's when Washington tied the game at 20. Definitely a gutsy drive by Washington in that fourth quarter towards the end. But you have to also give blame to the Giants defense for not making tackles when they're supposed to. So that was definitely, uh, it sucked to see. Key pass breakups in overtime by Fabian Moreau. He did not have a perfect game. There was the one with uh, McLaurin where he missed a tackle. He got beat on a drag route. Heineke threw behind him. It gave Moreau a chance to make a tackle. He missed a tackle. And even later in this game, I do believe he had a bad pass interference that got Washington the ball like inside the Giants' five-yard line. So, yeah, we saw some good and some bad from Fabian Moreau, but asking him to be your cornerback one, it's also not an ideal situation. Julian Love, I thought, played a really good game. He almost had a interception at the end. That would have been awesome, but just short. There was even one where it might have been the same play, where Fabian Moreau had a chance to intercept the ball on the ground. He was, like, laying on his back, and the ball was just, like, right in front of him. So um, the Giants almost had some interceptions there at the end. And I did say that in the pregame uh, show. It's like, you know, Taylor Heineke... Although sometimes he makes some big plays happen, he's going to give you opportunities throughout a game to get turnovers. And the Giants did get a fumble from Taylor Heineke, but no interception. But he definitely had some plays where he was reckless, and that's just part of his game. So, yeah, Washington converted that fourth and four with the game on the line. If they don't get it, the Giants probably win this game. And uh, it was a great play by Heineke. He basically ran to his left and as a right-handed quarterback it's tough to make a throw that way anyway and he makes this really nice throw to Curtis Samuel and they convert then he makes another nice throw to Samuel and they pick up like 20 more yards and then of course the Jahan Dotson drag route that resulted in like three missed tackles for a touchdown 
was right after that. So the Giants defense definitely broke down in that late fourth quarter, but definitely a good play there by Taylor Heineke. And uh, as I mentioned, yeah, too many missed tackles on that play. I actually want to give credit to Cordell Flott because he made a very key tackle in overtime. And if he doesn't make this tackle, that might have got Washington in field goal range. And I know in overtime and even late fourth quarters, they'll put that green line on the screen that shows you like where the kicker's um, you know field goal range is. And they were like five yards away from it. So they threw a quick screen pass to it was um, it was Curtis Samuel. And Cordell Flott wrapped his legs up, made a very key tackle. And if he doesn't wrap him up there, Curtis Samuel may have gotten enough yards to put Washington in field goal range and actually beat the Giants in overtime. So thank God he made that tackle. So the Giants later in overtime, they got the three and out they needed. The Giants get the ball back and they try to get into field goal range, which they kind of did. Daniel Jones had a very nice throw, a lot of zip on it to somebody. I forget who it was, but they got right on that green line for Graham Gano's field goal range. And uh, yeah, as I said, it's a tough kick. I don't sit here and blame Gano at all for missing that. It just would have been like nice if he made it, of course, but uh you can't expect your kicker to make that in those type of conditions. But yeah, this uh, it, it sucks. This was one of those games as Giants fans for the past couple weeks now. We have had this one circled on the uh, the calendar here. And I think we understood the importance of this game. And if they did get this win, um, you know, how great it would be and how much it would really improve their playoff chances. And now it's like, I don't know. I mean, the Giants still have a chance to miss the playoffs. And, and Seattle had a late comeback today versus the Rams, who I don't even know how the Rams were in that game. I, I did pick them to cover that spread, but I'm still surprised it happened. Um, but Seattle got to win, which, of course, is not good for the Giants. Seattle already beat them this year. Um, but the Giants, right now at least, are still a playoff team. But they have Washington right in the rearview mirror. I mean, right now, the, the wild card teams are the Cowboys, the Giants, and the Seattle Seahawks. But the Commanders are right there. There's three wild card spots, and the, and the Commanders are like half a game back. And if the Giants lose on Sunday to the Eagles, which I think they're like six and a half point underdogs at home already, um, you know, they'll have the same record in that game at Washington in two weeks from now could pretty much determine the fate of the Giants making the playoffs or not. Now, with Jimmy Garoppolo having a season-ending injury. We could see the Niners start to fall off, but even that guy they started who was like the Mr. Irrelevant pick this year, um, he got them the win versus the Dolphins today. So the Niners have a good enough roster to probably get a couple more wins. So I'm not too worried about them like dropping a bunch of games at the end, but the Giants are definitely not on thin ice, but it's getting a bit concerning, especially if they lose to the Eagles next week. And then it pretty much does come down to what happens in Washington in a couple weeks. It's home versus the Eagles, as I said. Giants are pretty much touchdown underdogs. At the Commanders in a couple weeks, the Commanders coming off their bye. Then they're at the Vikings, which is going to be a tough game. Then the Giants host the Colts, which might be their easiest game remaining. And then the Giants are at the Eagles, and that depends on if they're resting their players or not. But I'm not really counting on that. I would not count on Philly to hand the Giants a gift at all, especially what happened two years ago in 2020. So um, yeah, the Giants have to uh, at least win a couple games here. I think the most likely scenario is that they hopefully win against the Commanders in a couple weeks and hopefully beat the Colts in the um, second to last game of the season, which would be January 1st. But yeah, the NFL, they have to change this rule. I, I just can't stand tie. Like just sitting here talking about a tie is just like stupid you know what I mean like I tweeted out that it feels like I wasted four and a half hours of my life watching that game because like why why do we even play like you, you play to win the game and if you lose you lose but you play to win the game like you don't show up to tie it's like the whole it's like the participation trophy uh 
type stuff, which I also don't believe in. Like, it's just, it's annoying. So anyway, I hope the NFL comes up with some type of rule to, to get rid of this, even if it comes down to kickers and like, you know, kickers kicking like 55 yard field goals and having a sudden death. Like, I don't even care. It makes kickers more valuable, probably helps everybody. I don't know, but whatever, they'll figure it out, hopefully. But ties are just so stupid. The Giants, of course, should have handled their own business. It should not have been a tie in the first place. They had countless opportunities to win this game, but it didn't happen that way. So it is what it is. And the Giants don't have the talent on their roster to overcome a lot of mistakes. And the Giants definitely had a lot of mistakes, whether it was the Feliciano penalty, missing tackles on that Jahan Dotson touchdown pass uh, catch in the fourth quarter, um, the drop by Darius Slayton, the running into each other on third down and three in overtime. Um, yeah, like just things like that. You can't expect to win that way if you're the Giants. And in Washington, they're a pretty good football team. You know, they're not a pushover. They're not elites. I don't consider them Super Bowl contenders or anything like that. But they are like a borderline playoff team, which is what the Giants are. They're on a similar skill level. So the Giants couldn't really afford to mess around in this game. And they didn't really, um, you know, have too much attention to detail on certain plays and in certain areas. And it, and it kind of cost them this game. I mean, I know it ends in a tie, but of course you would love to win this game and go to eight and four and set the commanders back at, at seven and six. So it's just a whole different story now. And it feels like we have to wait another two weeks to actually see what happens in this matchup unless they tie again, which I don't expect to happen. But um, yeah, that's the big game. But the Giants do have the Eagles this upcoming week. Could definitely be a look-ahead spot because of the importance versus Washington. But, um, you know, the Eagles just came off a complete just ass-kicking of the Titans today. And the Titans are uh, a team the Giants beat this year, but I would still think the Titans are a better football team than the Giants. So, um, yeah, you don't love seeing that. But the Giants are home, I guess you never know. I do think the Giants beat the Eagles at home last year, so... I guess that gives us some motivation and optimism, but the Eagles are a different team this year. I think we all know that they are arguably one of the best teams in football. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a tough battle, but hopefully the Giants, you know, some stuff breaks their way and they can get it done. But that'll do it for this one. That sucks. But hopefully next time they play Washington, it goes better and goes our way because the Giants definitely could use that win. So hopefully you guys enjoyed and I will talk to you guys next time.